Hello and welcome back to Fine Beats and Cheeses, produced by a modern Stone Age family. From the town of Baltimore, we're at Page Rider uh, Herstory. I don't know what's happening. Anyway, my name is Leslie Grace Streeter. I am a pop culture columnist for the Baltimore Banner. I am an author, a person who just likes to laugh and make stupid puns. My co-host is... Uh, I am Lynn Streeter Childress. I make theater for young audiences. And I often wear my head, my hair, excuse me, in a top knot, much like one Pebbles Flintstone. Because it's cute. I'm 52, but whatever. Nobody cares. Lynn, introduce us Um, to our guest today. Our guest today, we're very, 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 very excited about. He is a legend in voiceovers and voice acting. And um, he is uh, our neighbor from the north, not upstairs, but from Canada, it's Ivan Because I'm doing an obnoxious um, uh, Bob and Doug McKenzie. Um, no, that's sorry. Um, you know, I Bob to. and Doug. You know, despite it being <laughs> so many years ago, uh, is still a very, a very uh, strong cultural reference up here. I actually thought that you were introducing somebody else when you said uh, legendary, and I thought, <laughs> well, who? I thought I was on the show. Maybe I'm next week. <laughs> What's so no. funny is when and I, I've Lynn obviously has known Lynn, I, Ivan's wife, for a very long time. I've known Lynn for a while too, so I just knew that this dude Ivan. So about a year ago, I guess I actually started like you know paying attention, and I was like, wait, we know really cool people. We know like really, like really positively awesome people. So I'm really excited um, to um, to well, talk thank to you. you. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for asking me and uh i'm i'm really looking forward to uh, to some conversation and uh, and talking about uh you know flintstones and bit of cheese and uh having a wine yes right oh. fantastic i have to go get some wine but um I, and I'll do it. Lynn knows I will. Um, so obviously we are talking about the Flintstones today. Ivan, actually talk a little bit about your background and your expertise in um, in animation and in voice. Sure. Yeah. Thank that. you. Um, I was a bit of a, a late bloomer. I uh, I came to Toronto. I mean, in Canada, you know, you, you have to be uh, similar to, to, I think, in the States where, you, you know, you, you go to New York or L.A., though I think that's right that's kind of the way it is that's the path and here it's toronto or vancouver mm-hmm. and uh, toronto was closer to home for me my canadian hometown is uh, is a town called kingston ontario which is where the saint lawrence river meets mm-hmm. lake ontario the first of the great lakes hold on ivan can you be Sorry, a what? bit louder do you want me louder i'm having a hard time here there you go is that better yes please is, is that better okay great okay yes yes thank you uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't want to be too far from home. I have family there and all my friends were there. So I came to Toronto. I also had friends in Toronto or I didn't really know anybody in Vancouver. And, um, you know, I, uh, I, being, uh, being an actor, I, I got a restaurant job and, um, you know, it's, it's the old, oh, you're an actor. Oh, which <laughs> restaurant? And, uh, and I, and I enjoyed that lifestyle. Some might say a exactly. little too much and it, I, I wasn't as focused as I could have been through my twenties. Um, but then, you know, cue my thirties and I kind of started to, uh, to mature a tiny bit. And, uh, and that's when really things started to happen for me in terms of, you know, getting a really good agent and then getting solid auditions. But even that for, for that animation sort of slowly 
came after I did a bunch of theater and, and, and auditioned a lot. So the casting people had an idea that, oh, okay, he's consistently inventive in his auditions. He brings the words off the page. And, you know, when they can trust you, I think it's, it's, uh, it's a little more yes. likely that you're going to get cast. And certainly to get a series regular, in my experience, at least. So, um, yeah, so I started to get auditions. The first one, I, I think the first one I ever booked... Um, was a voice match of a legendary English actor named John Neville. And uh, he and Richard Burton were the heirs apparent to Laurence Olivier and John Gielgud in the 50s and 60s. That's a long time ago. Um, and and in, the, in the late 60s, um, John moved to Canada with his family and uh, he'd worked all over the UK and he'd run the Nottingham Playhouse. And again, he was a legend. And um, and one of his daughters was my agent. So, yes. So oh. when John, John sadly uh, was diagnosed with with Alzheimer's years ago and before it became public knowledge, because he was a very well-known uh, individual, um, anybody that's seen uh, The Adventures of Baron Munchausen for sure will know who he is. Um, yeah. and, uh, and so Rachel called me and she said, can you voice match my father? And here's the reason. And please don't tell anybody. And I booked it. And that was, I think my first yeah. animation gig. And then soon after, um, I had a few episodes on a series with, I was surrounded by second city people. Um, it was like brilliance yes. and, and people that I've grown to love, like Patrick McKenna and Linda Cash were in the room with me. And it was like, Oh my God, I'm working with these people. And I was almost I had to be careful not to become too starstruck while I was while I was voicing these characters, and and so slowly I started to understand what it was about and how, because it's a different world, you know, than 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 film or TV or the theater right. or, you know, it's all based in the same thing. It's all based in you know, it, it, right. even in a cartoon world, you know, the, the things are real for these characters. It's all based in truth and and has to be Absolutely. has to be organic and grounded, even if it's uh, even if it's something like this and it's all kind of crazy like a rainbow, you know, um, but it's all, it all <laughs> has to be real for those characters and the stakes are high. And so I, as I learned to go to uh, figure out what it was, I could play the game a little better. So that's kind of where it started. Yeah. Can I? I think that was the question. I wanted to ask you something. I remember years ago, there were I read stories about voice actors who did movies and um, animated uh, television shows who were complaining that more and more voice actors were not getting roles because people wanted to hear celebrities in like Disney movies or animated things or whatever. So I'm I love that you have such a, a presence still. Is that something I've always wanted to ask a voice actor? Is that something that you've noticed and how hard is it to get those to book those things when now everybody wants to hear, you know, um someone from a Marvel movie and as Louise. Yeah, you know, it's uh, there is a certain amount of that for sure. You know, I think if you look at, you know, Disney versus Pixar, uh, you know, some companies tend to use, you know, the, the actors that are that are very well known, uh, like the whole recent Mario, you know, Charles Martin that's being recast in, uh, in, right. in the in the Mario movie, um, you know, and there's a certain mm -hmm. amount I'm sure of of that that 
of companies thinking that that's going to uh, increase profit because, of course, that's what everything is all about. Um, so you know, you know, there's uh, there's obviously it's it's a, it's a concern for a lot of people. But man, oh man, you know, the people that work in animation regularly, uh, it's just stunning how great they are and what amazing actors they are, and then the vocal. Uh, the vocal ability they have, you know, not just to to create all these different voices on top of being a great actor, because I think it's important to remember it's voice acting. You know, it's not voice right. voicing. You know, I often joke that people say, oh, you're an actor. Really? What would I have seen you in? Oh, but you know, it's oh, you're a voice actor. Oh, I could do that. You know, and they forget yeah. that actually it's not just about you can do Homer Simpson. That's great. But, you know, that job, Dan Castellanet has got that job. <laughs> Um, what can you do that is inventive yes. and new and exciting and, and that sort of thing that, that can show you off and bring something new to the table. But yeah, to get back to your question, I think it's, you know, it's always going to happen. You know, I think there's stunt casting, if you want to call it that in a lot of, in a lot of, yeah. you know, in theater, yeah. it happens. I mean, I remember I'm English, not that you would know from, uh, from the accent I'm currently using. But, uh, you know, you go to the West End and, you know, you'd see, you see, you know, there's stunt casting happening there and people off reality TV and sports people in, in shows. And you know, it's just kind of part of it. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we sure we can all have an opinion about it. But but ultimately, you know, nothing or very little in this business is actually in our hands. Uh, we're in control of very little. So, um, you know, what we can what can we control? Well, you know, we can be ready for the opportunities when they present themselves and we that's kind of the best you can do right is just be polished and practiced and, and inventive and and free and, and, and just ready to grab that opportunity right. if when you, it comes you by. have to be ready to oh yeah absolutely i'm sorry yeah you have yeah. to be ready when you go people go what do you have like someone called me this morning about uh, booking something and they're like what do you have and i was like oh let me think yeah. about what i have <laughs> right you have to be prepared and have the thing um and then hopefully people will call you, but it's because you're ready and because you, you know, are good, hopefully. Ah, yeah. Hopefully. Um, well, very, 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 very good. So do you do much live action stuff anymore or are you mostly right you know, now doing voice uh, acting? I kind of stopped when, 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 the, when COVID hit, and we were all, all of a sudden, you know, self-taping from home. I got fed up with having to rearrange my living room and take the pictures off the walls. I didn't, we didn't have space. You know, I live in downtown, we live in downtown Toronto. And right. it's crazy expensive here. Um, and so, you know, most actors don't have the space to be able to, you know, have a dedicated self-taping room and going and get that done at a studio is expensive if you're auditioning regularly. So. It, it also, I would have to, I would have to uh, um, you know, bring my wife, uh, bring Lynn in to, to be my camera person and my reader, and uh, and you know it just got to be too much for both of us, you know. And then you got to edit. It's it was a huge investment. Yeah. And then Sam, our son, was home from school because uh, the schools were closed, and then they weren't. Right, right, so right, I right, just right. said, you know what, I can't do this anymore. It's it's way too stressful. So I packed it in um, for a couple of years. For I guess to the earlier on this year. So I guess almost three years, I just stopped auditioning for, oh, wow. for film and TV. But, um, you know, it's funny because it's, it's, um, I prefer, I mean, if I could do just, you know, I prefer, um, cartoons 
and and you know commercial voiceover and uh and video games and you know performance capture and uh and video game vo um to film and tv anyway i just find it film, film and tv i used to say that uh, the only things i don't like about film and tv are waiting and repetition and you know yeah, yeah. so yeah <laughs> that just that's so much of that so yeah you know, it, i'm basically. not a huge fan yes. but you know I, I think also depends on the parts too i mean being doing Fargo was was an unbelievable experience. You know, it was super cool. Uh, not just an incredible show, not just getting to work with you know Ewan McGregor and Carrie Coon and Olivia Sandoval, yeah. but uh, just being part of that world. And uh, and Noah Hawley, you know, is a genius. Um, so that was just such an, that was really an honor to be part of that. So, you know, it kind of depends on the gig, but, That's you know, so having awesome. a, having three lines in an episode of something and, you know, spending the day in your trailer for me <laughs> isn't really, you know, it's not, not as rewarding. Yeah. Absolutely. So tell me, I guess, how this relates. You're talking about sort of, you know, animation as its, its own thing. And we go back to the heyday of primetime animation, including the, the Flintstones, which was the first primetime show. And we look at all these voices like June Foray and all these people who were like, you know, this is what they did. Tell me why the Flintstones, which some people now might go, oh, it's just some te cheesy thing. What it was a, It was like The Simpsons before The Simpsons. It was a primetime television show that happened to be animated that was based on an idea of something like The Honeymooners. Um, tell me a little bit of why you picked the Flintstones huh. and why it was important. Why you know, important. Uh, for me, um, it was it was the show that I watched every lunchtime because uh, I used to go home for lunch when I was a kid. And I watched it every lunchtime on, uh, I think it was on CGOH out of Ottawa and because uh, I was in Kingston. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and it was it was on every lunch stuff Monday to Friday, and I watched it, and uh, you know it got to the point where I could you know quote episodes, and I saw so many episodes, so many, and I never got sick of it, and I just thought it was so well done, and and it was before, you know, it was before I knew the Honeymooners, which I also love, yeah, and yeah, and I just think it's it's it's. Uh, this this I, I didn't intend to mean any kind of joke here, but it's timeless. You know the fact that the Stone Age show yes. still still <laughs> kids still watch it, and uh, and it's funny and it's clever and the writing mm -hmm. was so good and you know it was it was the first animated series to be on primetime, and uh, and I think it had I think it had been on until The Simpsons it was the longest running, um, uh, primetime animated show, uh, you know and and it was what like it it, it debuted like sixty like nineteen sixty. You know, and so you know that yeah. kind of it's it, it really is kind of timeless. And 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 when I was thinking about it, I thought, well, what really made a mark on me when I was a kid? And you know, of course, Looney Tunes. Um, and you know, Saturday mornings when we all would watch TV from six or seven o'clock in the morning till noon when the cartoons ran out, you know, and all that sort of stuff. But for me, I think the Flintstones was was so was so important and such a part of my childhood. You know, and it made me, you know, it often made me late to get back to school because, you know, I had to watch the end of the episode before I ran back to school. Um, yeah. Absolutely. And, you know. One of the things, I was going to say, one of the things that struck me about it, and I 
the other day, I guess we were about a month ago, my son and I were in a hotel and it was on and he goes, wait, is this like the vitamins? <laughs> and I was like, I have failed as a parent. I have failed as a parent. But um, he really liked it. And the Jetsons came on. He said, is this a different show? It's like, it is a different show, but that one's prehistoric and this one's allegedly space age. He's like, okay, I guess. But he liked it, but I liked that it was, I think all animation, whether it's like cartoon bears or, you know, flies or wizards or whatever, there's a human thing to it, but it was episodic television. It was a sitcom about a family that happened to be animated. And they had human problems. They just had, you know, um, bo they bowled with, you know, rocks and, uh, you know, worked in a stone quarry and had a dinosaur for a pet and that kind of thing. So I just, the relatability of it to me was what yeah. struck me. I mean, it was very so real, much. right? And they had very real problems. It just, they just, as you say, they just happened to be cartoons and it was yeah. set in the Stone Age. You know, I mean, and, and just the, you know, the, the ridiculous very, things too, like, you know. Uh, like the cars, uh, the, the the cars obviously operated by you know by <laughs> by the people in the cars running, but yet they still went to gas stations. Defeat, right? you know, like right, like so <laughs> it, it didn't matter, right? It didn't matter. What mattered was you know they were, it was so relatable. The relationships I think were very, that's so what's so important, right? The relationships were real. The characters were real, and they were dealing dealing with for them real problems. Well, and it's really funny. I always thought it was sort of clever. Yes. Oh, they. Again, they do this with their feet and they have a bird that does this. But watching it now as an adult, it's just very impressive how detailed and thought out yes. the universe yeah. of it is. And yes. and how they decided to, to do things. It's really, really impressive. And again, I always thought it was clever. But looking at it now, as someone who writes and does this stuff, it's like, I would love to have that kind of clarity all the time um and how much fun it must have been to be like oh we're gonna make this thing that and we're gonna make this thing that um it's so yeah it's just really really smart and you were talking about the relationship so i started with the first episode um when fred and barney didn't even like each other well fred didn't like barney he was like, oh, my neighbor, Barney Rubble, and he gets on my nerves and blah, blah, blah. But it's funny, again, how these relationships yeah, evolve. And, 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 you know, and the other thing that I, one of, the, one of the many other things I love about the show, too, is that Mel Blanc completely changed Barney's voice. You know, um, yeah. Interesting. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, at one point he was like, hey, Fred. <laughs> hey, buddy, oh, boy. You know, kind of that. It was, it was almost like, that was more Yogi Berra, I think. Sorry, um, but 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 I don't know when <laughs> it was, but but he had a much more nasal voice for a while too, and it was like he completely he changed it. And I don't know whether that had anything to do with Mel Blanc's accident or not. Um, you know, he had a I think he had a he had a really bad car accident. Uh, yeah, oh. and, and and there were actually episodes that they they were recorded from his I think from his hospital bed or from his bedroom at home while he was still oh convalescing. Goodness. They brought all the stuff in to to Mel Blanc's oh bedside so he could record. And I think there's a story out there too Whoa. that he was he wasn't he was in hospital and he hadn't come out of a coma or something, uh, or he was non-responsive, and somebody went in, I don't know who it was. Somebody went in and talked to him or and said, 
hey, Bugs, are you in there or something like that? And he answered. He came in. He answered in Bugs' voice. And then they knew he was okay. Oh, my gosh. I really should know that whole story. I, may, I, oh my gosh. I know I didn't make that up, but I really should learn the particulars of that story so I can actually tell it properly. <laughs> but that it was something similar to that, which is quite it's amazing, a, right? It's a good story, man. Also, I will say that this means that even 50, 60 years ago, y'all knew that work from home could be a thing. I'll just leave <laughs> yeah, that there. Because exactly. um, seriously, it was a thing. So... Um, Tell me, I guess those of anyone who's been like my son, aware that unaware that the Flintstones were not just vitamins. Um, tell us a little <laughs> about the Flintstones um, and who they were. Oh, like sure. The characters. Yeah. Okay. So uh, the Flintstones themselves were uh, were well at first were were Fred and Wilma, and uh, and you know I think based on on uh, on um, on the Honeymooners on on, on Jackie Gleason and uh, and. Audrey, Med- Audrey Meadows, right? It's not Jane. It's Audrey. I always get them mixed up. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and okay. then their next door neighbors were Barney, Betty and Barney Rubble. And, uh, you know, the, the guys went out and did stupid things and got in trouble. And the, the, <laughs> the, the, the women, of course, uh, bailed them out or, uh, or made them realize yes. uh, how stupid they actually were. And then there was, uh, there was contrition yes. from the guys at the end, usually, you know, Fred more than Barney, because Fred was the, the leader uh, of the two of them. And, uh, and then, of course, uh, everything would be fine at the end and they would ever be back in lovey-dovey again. But, uh, you know, some of the things they, they, that they went through were, were crazy and ridiculous you know and again they did you know six i think six seasons of of that you know so you know six fred seasons. worked at the at the quarry um and and had, used to he uh, he wrote a a brontosaurus that he would operate like it was a, a piece of heavy machinery and uh and then eventually, as the as the show went on, they had kids. So uh, the Rubbles had Bam Bam, who was you know right. who was overly strong and could lift up stone couches with one hand and his father with the other. And then the Flintstones right. had had Pebbles, um, and then of course Pebbles and Bam Bam uh, ended up, I think, in a, and it was it a spinoff. They they ended up um, uh, getting together, right? As yeah? teenagers. Yeah. So I mean, yes. that was that. Sorry, go ahead. No, I would say, I I was just, it's a point I'll make basically about everything that you've named. I thought about some sort of like thing that's come from pop culture. Like the show was so specific about things that we say now. Like you mentioned um, Pebbles and Bam Bam. And once they did this song, the, oh, let the sun shine in, face it with a grin. Or the fact that we, refer to people in my family as the grand poopa or um because that and that's which is from that show or um the da, 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 happy, the happy anniversary song which, or yeah, yeah 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 or even you know or yabba dabba do you know it's funny oh, I, yeah. I i sent i sent somebody the happy anniversary song the other day you know i mean they they i mean there's you, i think you can still buy flintstone cereal you know, there's still Fred is still being voiced. I oh, think yeah. it's James Arnold yes. Taylor who voices Fred now. You know, um, so you know they're still in culture and in, in popular culture, and everybody. I mean, I don't. Even my, I mean, my son knows who they are. He's uh, he's almost ten, um, and it's just part of it's yeah, just part like of mine. North American life. You know, they're they're huge, and you think really, you know, again, six seasons. 
you know, I you know, love to do a cartoon for six seasons, but thinking again that it was, you know, 55, 60 years ago, uh, the fact that, that those 150 mm-hmm. episodes or however many it was are, are still with us and those characters are still with us is just a testament to, well, oh, yeah. to Hannah and Barbera, really. You know, they were genius. You know what I, you know what I find yeah. as fun? And, and, how, and how good it was, Sorry, right? Because it was... Mm. Oh, no, no, I was just going to say, because the Flintstones, like you said, beget yes. the Jetsons. And um, and so I know one thing I remember as a kid from watching the Flintstones was the cultural things that they would put in it. Like, for example, like I said, when we started this, I turned off an episode that was from the second season where they had a next door neighbor um, who was an Alfred Hitchcock kind of a person and he spoke like Alfred Hitchcock and they thought that he had killed his wife in like a rear window kind of a thing. Um, Fred and Barney would watch out of their window every night because the wife was mean and would like yell at the guy every night. And, um, but it would, but again, they would bring in this cultural stuff. Like they had the, the Beatles. We still say, I don't want to hear any bug music. You say what, Lynn? The, the bug music, it was the Beatles, and it was like the Hillbillies, and they said, we don't want to hear any bug music. Yes. And I still bug me- Don't want to hear any of that bug music. You know, oh and, and, and Anne Mark Rock instead of Anne Margaret. Um, they did that all this there stuff. Were Darren and Samantha from, from Bewitched, Bewitched right. showed yeah. up um, once he's... One of the things I was reading about this earlier that what they said was funny is that they really didn't spend a lot of time explaining why these people showed up. They just did. Sure. They were like, oh, yeah, it's a Darren. It's whatever. They're there now. That's that's who they're talking to this episode. We went, oh, okay, that's great. Um, or like there was like a Tony Curtis yeah, Anne one. Margrock. Don't forget Anne um, Margrock. Stony Curtis. Yeah. Margrock, yeah. Stony Curtis. What's funny, too, is that... Th- Often when I watch things, when and it, obviously Lynn has, and you both have a theater background, when I've studied Shakespeare, and I know Lynn can talk to this more than I do, they often say Shakespeare would make jokes that people in that time would know who King whatever was, or they would know what some who some poet was. And so, like in the 60s, we would watch, in the 70s and 80s, we would watch like things that John F. Kennedy speeches, and he would talk about some poem that people knew because people had more of a classical education then and we were like I don't know what that is and so I like that because the Flintstones was such a pop culturally relevant show that most of the references certainly something that us as Gen X kids get uh, who are not kids anymore but it's not you don't have to say here is an ancient poem you go Anne Margaret this is Anne Margaret oh, okay yeah that's great you know yeah, I mean it's there, there were also Chris. some great things too like um I mean the Chris I mean there was a, at least one Christmas episode right in in the stone age. Yeah. It's like well yes. you know, how do you, yes. you know, how do you want it? And, and the truth is like it just it just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. You know, you create this fantastic world and you can bring anybody in it for any reason and you don't really have to explain it because we just want it because we want to buy it. Right? We do. That's so huge. You want to buy it. And you know now when we sometimes we watch things and you're like, none of this works because it's not any good. And the it makes you see the flaws even more, right? Because you're like, this whole thing is stupid. 
Well, it, there was something that was interesting. I know when The Simpsons came out, and The Simpsons is now more than 30 years old, at least it started in 1989 when Lynn and I were seniors in high school, when I was, you know, working at the merry-go-round, not the merry-go-round, the store merry-go-round, the carousel down at the Inner Harbor in Baltimore, um, we were selling, people were selling knockoff Bob's, uh, Bart Simpson shirts. That was like the big thing that year. Um, but the Flint, the Simpsons, and then certainly like modern, uh, American Dad and, and all that stuff, were prime time in a way that was not, even though kids were interested in it because it was a cartoon, that were decidedly, not just decidedly adult, but decidedly not really for families that were cynical and mean and the kids are disrespectful and the father's choking the um the the kid and it's a whole thing um can you contrast that to something like the flintstones even though there were some questionable things like the very first episode um because fred is snuck out of the house claiming an injury and was uh bowling uh and wilmo is hitting him like with a club or something, you don't know, but she's throwing stuff out of the window, which was weird. Um, what are some things that have changed sort of culture-wise about what we think is funny or what's adult or not? Oh, that's a really good question. I think I got most of it. You were cutting in and out a little bit. Um, yeah, you know, well, there were a Sorry. couple things like, you know, I mean, there, there certainly was that, that cartoon violence, you know. Um, I remember uh, when right. they would watch, when Fred and Barney would watch wrestling or whatever it was, and there were just two guys smashing each over the head with, with clubs, right? Um, right? Which is actually something I did in a theater show. We were doing uh, a, a theater for young audiences show. Uh, we were doing The Sword and the Stone, and uh, and I was playing Sir Pelinor, I think, and my friend Jonathan was playing or somebody else and they had this they had this 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 fight and we essentially just hit each other over the head just like they did in the Flintstones it was ridiculously silly but kids loved it but um so you know that, that there's that you know that cartoon <laughs> violence it is in there um what else sorry uh, what oh it was about yeah. can you yeah, hear yeah, me yeah, now was better. it better excellent yeah no problem. I was moving back and forth. I guess I wasn't close enough. But yeah, the cartoon violence and just this whole idea that something shifted in the culture in terms of what we think of as grown up, that like the grown up stuff, the cartoons, I think half of things like Family Guy is, oh, right. isn't it funny if cartoon yeah. tries to kill you? Um, isn't it funny if cartoons have sex? It's weird. They go, woo you know, I just, I don't know. And I sound like a super prude here, but well, it's amazing like how the stuff. culture has um, just changed. I mean, over the decades. I mean, in in I Love Lucy, they couldn't say she was. They couldn't say the word pregnant, right? They had to say with oh, child. Yeah. I think is what they used, and you know, and that was only that was the decade before, you know, before before the Flintstones came out. So yeah. you know, and now, man, oh man, you right. go, you you know, you watch Adult Swim, and uh, some of the stuff's bananas, and and you know, it's it's we're. I think we just. We we've become a lot uh, a lot more what uncoiled uh, and depending you know it works for some people Crap. and it yes. doesn't work for others and and I totally get that and you know, there's so much content 
now and so many ways to watch things and you know there's something for everybody and there's always something to be upset or offended about too you know regardless of what it is in 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 our lives and it's so easy for us to be able to express our opinions about how we feel about everything um you know thanks to the interwebs so you know i think that uh yeah, there certainly has been a change over the years. You know, it's funny. It's even like to me, it's kind of similar to watching uh, or looking at old photos of people at sports events when they dressed up still and wore hats and, you know, and, and right. Or yes. everybody dressed up to go to the theater coats, or whatever. Yeah. And these days, everybody can wear whatever they want, whenever they want. And, you know, that's that's the world we're living in and some people are going to have some concerns about well this should be on tv this shouldn't be on tv kids shouldn't right. adults they shouldn't put you know there's a lot of shooting and I, you know i say to some of the kids that i teach yes. you know don't 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 shoot yourselves you know there don't, you go. don't shoot yourselves <laughs> there, there was Just, a whole thing know, last week where do they, what, um, as long as you're not hurting anybody, pictures of you know, women getting as long as you're not offending anybody and no, exactly. treating others like you'd like to be treated, then, you know, what does it matter what somebody else wants to do as long as it's, you no know, no one's being taken advantage of. There you go. Well, do, do you think a lot of it too is that there was so much live stuff happening because there were three stations right and so most people if you were watching tv were watching the same thing and like you said now it's sort of overboard that you can you don't even have to ever heard of a certain station because you never have to watch it because Mm -hmm. the stuff that you like isn't on it yeah it's it you know which probably made it to more of a why appointment television but also why big stars wanted to be on this show because not only was it good it was one of the few things that was on yeah, maybe, maybe you know, right it, it increased their cool um you know or you know or or you just it, it was 1960s branding a little bit you know uh something like that right. but uh yeah it's interesting isn't it how it's all changed because you know it, when, when we were growing up you know if you missed happy days in laverne and shirley that week you missed it you might catch it in reruns in the missed summer it. you know but, but that was it you know yes. and everybody you know everybody would there was real water cooler talk or a water fountain talk i yes. guess when we were kids you know about this and that last night but it's you know these <laughs> days man oh man you know if if it used to be if there was nothing on you went and did something else now there's always something on, you know mm-hmm. and it's hard to always. You know, having having a child, sometimes it's hard to get him. Okay, no, no, outside, outside, fresh air, play with friends. That's what it's not about. If there's nothing you want to watch on TV, then you go to your laptop or you go to right. your switch or whatever it may. It's like no outside. But that's what just what we did, right? No. Absolutely, Lynn and I talk all the time. There's always these like Gen X versus everybody memes and videos and stuff about this like very annoying probably 20 something guy who's got like the cheekbones and the hair he's wearing a beanie and he's like you gen xers are always talking about drinking out of water hoses were sinks not available and this lady stitches the video she goes how many times do we have to tell you we weren't during a summer we weren't allowed inside so, oh, leslie yes. say that leslie leslie say that one more time because you were cutting oh, it out we weren't allowed inside that our parents were like go outside and Lynn knows our dad would be like, what do you want? We'd knock on the door and he's like, in or out. You come in, you can't go back outside. And he 
marches. We want a drink of water. He marches to the refrigerator, get a drink of water, walk, marches way back out. Goodbye now. Yep. See ya. You know. Yeah, it's all everything's everything's changed, right? It was like outside until you know you came home for food, and then you were gone till the streetlights came yep. on, and that was it. I had a when I was a kid, you know. I, it's funny. I, I don't feel I'm answering any questions here today. I just feel I'm just kind of talking. <laughs> it's what we, we love. love. I had this bike. I remember. I remember buying we this bike it. from Roy Lindo, and the Lindos lived over back from me, uh, me and my dad when I was a kid. And uh, I think it was ten bucks, and it might have been five bucks, but but it had no brakes. And we went all over town on that bike. No! And you know, I went through a few pairs of shoes uh, because my shoes are my brakes. But you know, all over town, right? And you, your parents <laughs> are like, "Oh, what'd you do today? Oh, nothing." Right, and just it, it, and and you know, again, here I am, sometimes struggling to get you know to get my son out and to go and play with friends. Then again, it's about eight thousand degrees here at the moment, so I'm quite happy with them being inside. Oh, I know. Yeah, at least, however, yeah, we, we often at least there have isn't to be... ash falling from the sky like there was a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah, it's been man. Years. I interviewed. I interviewed Ivan's wife, Lynn, for a story for the Baltimore Banner, and she was like, literally, it looked like it was snowing, except it was yeah. ash falling from the sky. And I was like, oh, all those things we were worried about, we're here now. We're here now. This is this is where we are now. And I'm literally writing a story right now about um, weather canceling travel. And then this morning, I had a trip to, can to Canada canceled because of the heat. Um, so, yeah, welcome to our yeah. lives now. No, there's no turning back. Tears for fears. Yeah, who just played here actually last uh, th last week? I yeah. would love to have seen them again. Oh, they're so good. We saw them last year in Maryland at Meriwether Post Pavilion. I was hoping to see Counting Crows this week, but literally, it's the day that I get off a plane from Panama City, Panama. Oh, Panama Florida. City, Panama. Um, and I'm <laughs> yes. Pan I keep saying Panama City. People are like, oh, my God, go to Vinny's on the beach. There's a dude. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I'm like, no, not that one. Hold on. No, that's so funny. And also, if you're listening, if you are actually people who actually listen to our show, um, Ivan's wife, Lynn, was on our Hallmark movie um, episode. Yeah, so, she's yeah. awesome. It's a There's a connection. She is awesome. She's amazing. We did a, a dinner theater produced version of Godspell in 1996. And uh, yeah, she's good people. She's, uh, she's really good people. She's fantastic. And how she puts up with me, I have no idea. I married really, up. Really, really, really good I people. married so, up. Yeah. Oh, no. Do you have a favorite character from the Flintstones? Uh, that's a really good question, actually. You know, I'm not... I mean... I like Fred because he's such a blowhard, but he really has a heart of gold, you know. And uh, and I think I think I really yeah I think Fred was probably my favorite, um, apart from you know the occasional guest characters. I mean the um, the uh, right the uh, the way out episode was fantastic because you know I've always been a Beatles fan and I love the way out. That's what it that was just funny and awful Liverpool accents. But um, yeah, I, you know what's interesting what I love to do too sometimes is is if you, you go on uh, if you go on the YouTube, you, there's all somebody has taken the time to find voice actors in uh, in um, in other show like in actual live, not live, but in on camera shows. 
So, you know, Alan Reed will come out right. in, as a TV repairman in this episode of, you know, the uh, the Somebody Somebody show from the 50s. And he's just a regular guy. And then he opens his mouth and it's Fred Flintstone's voice because Alan Reed just did his own voice. Right. You know, as opposed to Mel Blanc, who did, you know, the Man of a Thousand Voices. Or, you know, you'll catch, you know, whoever it may be, it would be uh, you know, Jerry Johnson or, or, you know, people that, that did other characters, but they're on camera. But it's the voice of this cartoon right. character that you know and love. So there's a bunch of those on YouTube, and they always amuse me. Um, um, but uh, as for favorite character, yeah, I think probably Fred, which may be a you know simple, easy choice. But man, he was just such a well drawn uh, a character all throughout. You know, yeah, absolutely. Leslie, do you have a favorite Flintstone character? Uh, Betty Rubble. Um, why? Why? Because. She had sense. I think that Fred was like, like Ivan said, Fred was the leader. And so um, even though he was not always, he didn't do the smartest things in the world. And he did a lot of, you know, bluster about things. And then uh, Barney was like, okay, Fred, that doesn't sound right to me, but let's do it. Um, and I think that both Betty and Wilma, you know, were the voice of reason. I think Betty was sometimes like, Ugh. Betty seemed exhausted to me in a good way. She was very cheerful. Very cheerful, <laughs> but also uh, I am an adoptive parent, and Betty and Barney were adoptive parents. They adopted Bam Bam. Um, he was the curiously strong uh, toddler there, so I always liked that idea. I didn't know when I was little that I was going to grow up and uh, adopt a kid, but um, I think it's really cool. Um, and I just – I liked when they would do episodes that were about – the Rubbles, you know, I like kind of seeing their home life. I'm just goofy that way. Um, but I, I really, I just liked her. She just seemed like she had less to deal with because, you know, Fred was a lot. Barney was a lot too, but in a different way. Yeah, I think Barney was more lovable, yeah, I think, that, in many ways why. than Fred was, right? Because he was just kind of like the, the goofy sidekick. But just speaking of Betty and Barney and, and adopting, it's it, I think they, they actually addressed the fact that they couldn't have children in the show too, right? Which is quite something yes. for a kid's yes. cartoon in the 1960s. I mean, but oh, I, yeah, I shouldn't say a kid's cartoon because, you know, like any great animated series, there's stuff for kids, but there's also stuff for for adults too, right? I mean, I mean the number of references, cultural references and adult references in The Simpsons is just mind-boggling, uh, and I, you know I can't possibly pick up on on all of them. But they had lots of them in, in the Flintstones too, and uh, it, that's one of the things I think that makes a great cartoon is one that you can sit down and watch with your children or with your parents, and you all get something out of it. It may not all be the same all the time, but yes. there's something for everybody, which is which is really lovely. It's like the I just did, uh, like it's like this plug I'm going to do for the show that I'm uh, I just had come out recently, which is uh, called Saving Me, which yes. um, which is on uh, a BYU TV app, and I don't know what's on. I think it's on Family Family Channel in the states, but it's a really amazing, beautiful family show about this uh, 61-year-old tech billionaire that that has alienated all his friends and his family and his only friend is this robot that he created uh, and he sort of oh, wow. it's not quite he doesn't quite go back in time but it's set in the future so he can go back to his previous life as an 11-year-old and he tries to influence his 11-year-old self mm. to be a better person and, and it's an incredible oh, show oh, it's so well written 
And of course, I play the you know no acting required. I play the guy that nobody likes the uh, the sixty one year old. No! So the only difference between me and him really is the billionaire tech genius part. Otherwise, uh, you know. But it, but yeah, it's, but saving me is just—it's a lovely show, and it's just that you know, like, it's it's great for kids, but it's great to sit down and watch with your kids too, and you can all enjoy it and get something out of it, which I think is the mark of of some of a, of a really good show, no matter what it is. You know, you all want to, we all want to sit down and be able to watch things as a family together. Hey, Lynn. Yeah. Yeah. Have we ever had such a chill episode before where it's just like people just sitting around talking about cartoons? I just feel so like comfortable. And remember that time? It's very Chris Farley show. Remember that time you were in the Beatles? You're on the Flintstones. Um, I don't know. I'm really digging this. What do you think? Oh, yeah, I agree. Do you want me to get angry or upset yeah, or something? Is, Will that be a really less awesome. chill? Is that, is no, it? man. It just... I love it. Well, the more we do this, we've been able to hoodwink more and more of our accomplished friends. Not that everyone wasn't. But we literally had an episode with our parents talking about Murder, She Wrote. So <laughs> we've actually yeah. gone outside of um, the family, legal family, um, in the interview. So we've just found some really cool, chill people. Like I said in the beginning, we know... We don't know everybody that's on the uh -huh. show, like personally, but we've found some really cool people to to talk to. So it's been yeah. Really you know what cool. is beautiful too? Can is I say one thing? That, you know, we. It's nice to be able to just sit down and talk with people, whether you know them or not. About let's just riff. Let's just talk about. And you know, you know, it's like the old uh, Mike Myers bit on on Saturday Night Live. You know, I'll give you a topic. Talk amongst yourselves. I'll give you a topic. The Linda Richmond Show, right? Exactly. Um, and it's lovely when Linda you can just Richman. talk and connect and 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 riff with with people and just have a great time for the hell of it, right? Just because I, I do I yeah. do have to say I do have to say um, Ivan I told my son uh, who was going to be on and when he walked in just now he goes he goes is that Inspector Gadget? <laughs> yeah, well it's I have to say and I was uh, like yes it them. is. It's one of them. Yes, I I, I believe it's I'm the most them. recent. But he but but you're generation. the one that he knows. Aww, that's you're the amazing. one that he knows. That's amazing. Um, I, and, and I, I, cool. I, I he's right there, right? I think I see him. Yeah. Hey, how's it going? Nice to meet you. And he can't hear you. Hold on a second. Always hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I said go ahead. Do it again. Oh my god. Yeah. Good. Okay, he's that's going, freaking me out. What's I love it. Can you hear him? Can you hear me? I'm right here. That's cool. Great. <laughs> you know, isn't that one of the cool? Best things is it's weird because it's it's it, it's it's an amazing thing, but I I, I I often feel like I'm shattering illusions too. Is you know I, I don't do a, I don't do I've done a few uh, handful of conventions and did a small one recently in 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 London, Ontario, uh, and uh, and you know the kids. I think a lot of the younger kids, especially, you know, they really believe that the cartoon characters are real, right? Mm -hmm. And the voice, they don't get the yeah. voice actor part. They just get, that's the voice of my favorite cartoon character. So when the, when you're actually there behind, you know, at in front of them, next to them, and you're talking to them, and then you, you know, you do, or I do, you know, Gadget or or Drac from from you know Hotel Transylvania the the, the cartoon or something uh, their their eyes just become like saucers so you know when 
You know, when I tell them that, you know, I don't say blah, 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 you know, it, they're like, oh, my God. <laughs> but then I kind of feel bad. It's like, oh, wait, I just ruined the whole illusion for you. So I don't know whether to feel good or bad about it. But your son is a little older. Well, I, was, I was so hopeful. He, I was so hoping you would say, I don't say blah, blah, blah. I was like, I'm a 14-year-old at, at heart. And I was like, please say that. So you did. So thank well, you. Well, the only time I say blah, blah, blah well, is when I tell people I don't say blah, blah, blah. That's actually an Adam Sandler. That's yes, a funny. Yes, that's an Adam does. Sandler uh, line. And, I'm, and I just want to I just want to emphasize I am not Adam Sandler, nor do I play Adam Sandler on TV yes. or in the Hotel T movies, just in the animated series. <laughs> Excellent. But no, and I've seen your, your work as well. And it's, it sounds, you know, you're not exactly doing Adam Sandler, but it, it works for me because we've seen all of the movies that he did. And then I saw uh, other stuff in your the cartoon. And I was like, all right, works for me. Yeah, so before I knew that was you, I was he's like, okay. great in that. And you know, it's, it's in season one for the cartoon. Um, Another amazing, I shouldn't say another amazing, because that implies that I'm amazing, and I don't mean to say that, but an amazing Toronto voice actor named David Burney played uh, played Drac. And man, he's so good. And, you know, I'm just blessed and grateful to be able to have voiced some of these, you know, like legacy characters like, like Gadget. You know, I mean, obviously Don Adams, who, who I adored, and I mean, Get Smart for me is top five. Yeah, me too. Right, like I, I still, I can quote yeah. scenes from Get Smart all these years later, and so the, and then you know, Maurice LaMarche, you know, legendary, um, also Canadian, I might add, um, you know, who voiced him after, uh, you know, and uh, so I inherited a very famous raincoat there uh, with him. Um, but I think it's yes. really important to acknowledge, you know, that there were other actors too, like, you know, well, Gary Owens also voiced Gadget at one point, as did Jesse White, who uh, who we would know as the Maytag repairman of our youth. What? Yeah, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I'm a little out. I, I don't exactly remember the circumstance. I think they were before Don Adams in, 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 in stages before the, before the show really took off or really started. The one we, we all know from our, our childhood from 83 to 86. So yeah, I'm just grateful to be able to, you know, even be brought up in the same, you know, category or novel as, uh, or, you know, chapter as some of these amazing voice actors that, uh, that have also played these roles. And, you know, the beautiful thing is too, is that with saving me, you know, it's nice to also just kind of create the voice yourself as opposed to live within the universe of something that's already been created, you know, because we were both encouraged. Right. We were encouraged in, in Gadget to make it our own, but you can't. You got to stay within the parameters of what everybody knows, right? Yeah, it's it's. Right, I think right. it's important. Well, well, you made this kid smile, and so that was that was good. And just explaining, if you were listening, my child came in and I gave him my headphone, and he got to hear Ivan do Gadget, and you can't see the smile that uh was elicited but it was a big one he's now hitting me because i am saying that i, well, I think that and that's smiled, i mean he, that's got to be the most important smiled. thing right is 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 with with these shows is kids the kids are the most important thing and exactly and, and it's 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 what they think and their enjoyment and everything else and and that's that's what i love about it that's that's fantastic to be able to, to be able to voice these characters and know that that, 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 that have... children are enjoying your work or <laughs> hope that they are at least 
Speaking of children, I have to say this has been a particularly chaotic um, because we're doing this obviously during the summer. And my my child uh, who was watching the Flintstones with me until the beginning of this podcast and his friend Caden keep coming in and out of my house by keeping having to mute. Um, I'm listening. So people like, where is Leslie? She's super quiet uh, uncharacteristically. Um, I've been here. I've been dealing with with children. So Ivan, as we start to wrap this up. Um, one of the questions that Lynn had explained that we always ask is whether, after we've discussed this topic, um, you believe that the subject, the Flintstones, is cheesy, and if it is, do you care? You know, I I, I think I have to say um, I don't think it's cheesy. I don't care because I love it. Um <laughs> However, I would suggest um, the pairing of wine and cheese with the Flintstones is something that should be considered. Yes. So that's how I try and tie everything in <laughs> in this really that. weak attempt to marry uh, the show <laughs> and the Flintstones. No, I'm I'm here for it, and I and I love it. Um, this is uh, delightful, so delightful. I've been so. Besides saving me, what else would you like to tell our audience to find you doing? And are you on social media? How can people I'm kind find of you on social media? You know, sort of, not really. Um, I, uh, you know, for everybody that's over fifty, I'm on Facebook. Um, ah. You know. Uh, and you know, I, I, I'm on, I'm on the Twitty. Um, but yes, you know, the but again, you know, who really is, especially now, especially now that, you know, that, that Elon's gone and bought it. Uh, I'm less on it than ever before as apparently as everybody else. Um, yeah. and I, and I don't, yes. I don't really, I'm, I might have to start doing Insta, but the funny thing is, you know, um, I'm an intro, I'm an intro extra. In, I'm either an introverted an extrovert or an extroverted introvert. I'm really not quite sure which I am, but yeah, me too. Um, so I, I kind of like, and I, I think this is not uncommon for voice act for voice actors. Although I always have an odd time pigeonholing voice actors as voice actors because you know, but um, I kind of like nobody having any idea who the hell I am. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. um, there but, uh, so, uh, so yeah, my, my, my Twitty is, Twitty is, uh, the one, number one, Ivan Sherry, uh, because somebody had my name and they don't use that account, which is really annoying, but what are you going to do? Weird. But so, yeah, I don't really do a whole ton of social, you know, um, but that may change. That may change now that, uh, the business is there changing and everything's changing. And so you it's said- all changing. So you said Saving Me is on BYU TV app. Yeah, Saving Me is at BYU TV app. And I think it's on Family. I think it's on the Family Channel in the States. I think. But look it up. You'll find okay, it. Cool. You'll find it. Uh, and it's lovely. We've done 20 episodes. And uh, and there are there's a vague rumor flying around. Well, it's not really flying around between me and somebody else. Uh, that that we may be doing more. I'm not sure it's a rumor. I think it's just it's more of a prayer than anything else that, that we do more because yeah. there's more to be there's more of the story to be told, uh, and um, and and we want to tell it. So yeah, it's lovely. It's a great show. 
That's amazing. Well, gosh, thank you. This was just so lovely. Um, thank you guys so much, the two of you, for being here. Well, Lynn, you have to be. Um, you pay half the yeah. So, um, but <laughs> I, Ivan, you showed up, so I'm really excited about that. And I just wanted to say again, my name is Leslie. Her name is Lynn. And we want to remind you, as always, to keep it breezy, take it easy, and keep it cheesy. I'm up for that. Bye.